This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play Alarisgill Dream, a half-high-elf, bladesinger wizard, member of the Weaver's Guild, and special legionnaire of the Pandominion. You're listening to Advantage. Last time in episode 2.2, Lieutenant Colonel Erica Try charged the four heroes with a three-part quest to investigate the goings-on in her dearth, to stop the menacing war-forged constructs, and to severely cripple the reign of King Greysunder. The party laid out a plan and hoped to use the Underdark and a subterranean network of passages called the King's Highway to make their way to the Herdurthian city of Delvedeep. And that's where we'll pick up. At this point, the Dwarven refugees have made it to New Isitalos and are being settled into their new homes. The elders have formed a working government and the Circle of the Land has assumed the mantle of spiritual leadership. The four of you, Alril and the Ormain brothers, are together unloading the barge moored at the banks of a tributary's confluence with the Charmed River. Uh, Neavan comes up to you and asks, uh, so is is that everything? Do you do you have the ropes, uh, weapons, lanterns? Uh, are you sure you know what you're gonna need? Yeah, I think we've got a whole explorer's kit worth of stuff. Yeah, per person. Yeah, I'm, I'm noticing a, a deficit though. If we could have some sun rods, that would be cool. <laughs> What's a sun rod? <clears throat> Magical flashlight. I always thought of it like more of a D and D glow stick. Yeah, it's more yeah. like a glow yeah. stick. We only have torches, and I like sun rods better. Ooh, are we going to a rave? <laughs> Morlinde, what's a rave? Is that a druid thing? Uh, yes, it is a druid thing. <laughs> That's canon now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Writing it down. You go deep into the forest, and it's super dark. You can only do it on a new moon. You're gonna and take you some just herb. bring out the band, the 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 druid band. And they play really cool dance music that can only be played on the new moon. And you have a party. And there are lots of sun sticks and other things that enhance your experience. Earlier you said that you didn't know what a sunrod was. But, oh. so, but now you realize that there are sun <laughs> I sticks. I just forgot what they so were called. Just, it must just be a language thing. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, think that's, I think that's it. Okay. Do you, all have, do you have any idea of how long you're going to be down there? I can honestly say, Neavan, that I hope we are not gone for very long at all. Five, maybe six. <laughs> six? Neavan, six while she's having this conversation, is looking into uh, the aftercastle of Marge the Deathbringer and uh, opens up a trunk and pulls out two sunrods. It's like, I think this was like part of the flares or something like emergency stuff, but uh, here you go. And handsome to you. I have a feeling we'll find ourselves in emergent situations. Hey, Morlinde. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if I could use flame tongue for a while. Sure. Technically, it's still Grimton's. Maybe you should ask him, but I don't have a problem with it. Here, take it. Thanks. You know, it's really not even mine, but you can use it. Wait, whose is it? Says uh, Briston. 
Eventually, we should return it to Isatalo's, I guess. It's someone's daughter. Someone who's dead, right? Yeah. So, did you steal a sword from... Oh, no, 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 no. Someplace, okay. No, I found it, and it's being put to better use now than it would have been. Eventually, though, we might return it to its resting place. Alaris, do you know how to make how to turn it on? Like how to make it do its thing? I know there's a word. The power word, Alaris, is abla. Abla. And it just bursts into flames. You turn it off by saying the word again. <laughs> abla. Neovan is kind of shocked by that. She's like, oh well, thank God that's out. Morlande, promise you won't leave us. We're trying to be gone. For that as... was a really long blah, 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 blah. pause. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm so oh, sorry, guys. Um, no, we're trying to make this as quick as possible. I don't want to be gone from our community any longer than I actually need to be. 50 episodes um, later. Our hope is that going through the Underdark makes this a shortcut, and it will be as short as possible. I pray to the spirits that you'll be all right. Neovan uh, then assumes her position at the keel of the Deathbringer and gives the seven of you an anxious nod. All right, uh, be safe. You hear the sound of the drivers stir as the vessel floats out into the central channel of the Tron River headed back to New Isatalus. You follow the stream 100 feet or so up to where the Warden Scout cache is hidden. Uh, the grotto isn't deep in the ground, but it's kind of just like a, under a rocky overhang over which water may fall in uh, particularly rainy weather. Right now, one crow sits at its roost, silent to you. You haven't been there yourself since you were attacked by the Grick, Auric, but now as Chief Arrow, you've made sure that all the caches were restocked. Sim did a fine job, and you're able to locate the magically sealed box stashed behind some boulders. Inside is the usual stuff, a bag of holding where you find a blade, bow and arrow, and a set of tools, a pair of bedrolls, and rations. You take anything? No. Um, I close the bag, satisfied that it has been stocked appropriately. I'd actually like to go over and just, like, affectionately pat the, the crow, like, you know, hey, buddy, you're doing a good job, even though it's not doing anything right now. Um, after that, though, I draw my sword and say, be wary, friends. The last time I was here, I wasn't even in the Underdark. I got attacked by a monster. That sounds about right, Ulrich. Well, that's, uh, hopefully this will be a totally uneventful trip, eh? Yeah. I would appreciate that. No events of any sort. I would love for this to be un an uneventful stroll through the um... pleasant Underdark. I don't know a lot about the Underdark, but I feel like the point of it is that it's not pleasant. I don't think that the whole point of its existence is to be unpleasant. No, but like, it's not flowers and rainbows. It's not like walking through the forest on a nice summer day. It's more like walking through a cave like, on a nice summer night. Yeah, but I've got dark vision. Yeah, and it's it's drippy and gross. Just like you, Morlinde. <laughs> Bruh. Oh uh, yeah, like those nice summer nights. Morlinde, we need optimism presently here. <laughs> Allreal says, um, hey, Auric, I don't know if you're aware of this, but, like, I don't I don't think that we can get to the Underdog right here. I don't see any sort of, like, cave. This is just kind of an overhang. Nah, come over here and look. And I point to where... Because I found the opening previously. Sure. No, I, di I remember I did. 
but it's sort of over kind of behind the the box and i like have to move some vines and a, and a lot of growth out of the way but then there an opening makes itself more clear see you right here briston uh walks over and says hey i don't know if you're aware of this chief but that's gonna be a mighty tight squeeze for herrick and me i mean we'll make it work but it's gonna foam up the beer in my belly well why don't I go first. I'm a little smaller, and it'll be easier, and then you can take your time getting down in after I make sure everything is okay. Herrick kicks a stone down the hole, and you hear it crash against the rocks. 10 or 15 feet or so? Well, that doesn't seem that bad. We can easily tie a rope and make it down that. Yeah. Well, get on it then. All right. Alaris, you have volunteered, so why don't you go ahead and tie the rope for us? <laughs> sure, I'll go over and tie a rope to something. Is that going to be a survival or a sleight of hand? That's gonna be a 16. This knot is it's appropriate. You feel good about it. An appropriate knot. Hey, listen, as an Eagle Scout. Can it be the Devil's Tongue Knot? I've been watching so much shows of unfortunate events. <laughs> <laughs> Ari gives it a good tug and says, huh, decent. Oh, what's the word? Have the rope and go down? Yeah, but there's a, a word. Repel. There we go. I repel down the hole successfully. I'll repel down after him. I do. I do need you to roll. Give okay. me a... I'll take dex. It'd be ten. Uh, you take your time. Laris, you're going down next. I'll roll. We'll go after that. Uh, I rolled a nineteen. Who's next? Uh, I'll go after Alriel. What are we rolling for? Not kill yourselves. To not make a 15-foot drop straight down. <laughs> oh, well, I rolled a 2 plus, so um, that's like a that's a, a 5, Joe. Great. So I clearly trip into the hole. You try to do a smooth transition into the darkness, but you end up hitting your shins and going to take 3 damage. That's fair. It'll slow you down a little, but you're doing okay. Ouch. This is fine. Uh, at this point, Allreal is kind of exploring the cave. Literally says, uh, it doesn't look like there's much down here. It's muddy, kind of smells a bit, but, you know, we can deal with that. It's not terrible. Morlinde, as, as you get down and let go of the rope, you hear what sounds almost like draconic voices echo from deeper in the cave. Did anybody else hear that? What did you hear? I heard what sounded like, um, draconic like people speaking draconic like way far down the cave did anyone else hear voices or was that just me i didn't hear anything all real unsheathes a pair of kukris and says uh hey shithead we've got company and just then five scaly humanoids six and a half feet tall begin crawling up from below their faces are disturbing mix between dragon toad and lizard muscles ripple down their arms all the way to their hands and are tipped with four gnarly claws. Um, everybody give me some initiative. I guess that's what I heard. Uh, <laughs> <rolling like this. laughs> yes, he failed. I rolled 17. Um, and I'd also like to take advantage of my ambuscade ability. Six. Uh, I rolled a 15. In the cave currently, we have Auric, Alaris, Alril, and Morlinde. The three dwarves are currently outside. First up, it's going to be Al, who sees these five monstrosities. False. I go first, because uh, I'm using Ambuscade. All right, are they still, like, a little bit of a way down the cave from us? I'm going to say that you've got, like, 20 feet All right. between you and them. Then I'd like to make the front one my hunter's mark. We're going to call him T1. And uh, just loose an arrow at it. <laughs> 
20. To hit? Yes, absolutely. Let me roll damage. That's 10. I didn't do very great damage-wise. All right, now it's going to be Al's turn. Um, is he far enough? Does he also have a bow and arrow? Uh, I'm, I don't think he does. Then he's going to charge forward and attempt to dispatch the one that I just um, successfully nailed with an arrow. Where's he going to cool. send him? <laughs> the the base roll was a seven, Joe, for the first attack. I don't know if I have any modifiers to add to that. That'll be a miss. So then here's the second attack. Eight. <laughs> Al runs up there, but is struggling to like get the correct footing as he tries to slice his kukris at the troglodyte, and it's not working out super well for him. As Al swings and misses with his kukris, the troglodyte is going to return in kind. The first attack is going to be a claw, which is rolls a 19 plus 4, which will definitely hit. Yep, that'll hit. Um, and is going to do 6 slashing damage as it rakes across his chest. Uh, and then with the other claw is going to miss and... Uh, finally, with a tempted bite, we'll do 14 to hit. 14 to hit? That's a miss. Nice. So only one of the Troglodyte's three attempts connects, and Ulrich, it is your turn. So again, I'd like to imagine that Ulrich ran forward and then kind of slipped, like it's a slick surface. He didn't fall, Yeah. but he like hit, lost his footing, and that, that sort of... He, it made him kind of like lean over, so he's not as in the way, and I'd like to loose another arrow at the same one. I crit failed. <laughs> Alright, tell me what this looks like, and why you crit fail. I had like, shot the first arrow, and then I, I had done the thing where I like, pulled out another one, and, and like, just immediately like, rapid fired, done it. But when I did it, I was a little overzealous. And you know how sometimes if you just, like, pull back and then the arrow, like, strays a little bit, <laughs> like, gets off of... And so that's what happens, and so I shoot, and it just kind of clatters along the wall and doesn't hit anything, and I feel sufficiently embarrassed. <laughs> uh, it nearly hits the second troglodyte that is coming up behind the first. I would like to say that it um, gently grazes all real for one damage on his shoulder. Absolutely calling you shithead, and not in the, like... Fun way. The second troglodyte is going to come up to him as well. Uh, is going to roll a five and then a three and then another fourteen, and so is going to miss all three of those attacks. Morlinda, your turn. It's dark. It's damp. I'm going to make some fire. Hopefully, fourteen. Does a twelve hit? Uh, yes. Eleven damage. Tell me what this looks like. Morlinde summons a small fireball in her hand. Maybe uh, think of a sphere that's like four inches in diameter, um, and hurls it like a like a like a baseball, like a pitcher, straight at the nearest troglodyte. Excellent. And it's nice because she's warm for a second. Are you cold in here? Mm-hmm. Actually, I've just been like I've been cold for like three days now, and so the idea <laughs> is of this fire Sarah or uh, Sarah? Yes, but like. Sarah can now relate to Morlinde, who's in a cave. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this cave. Feels like I've been cold for three days. Uh, Briston, your turn. So we're still at the top of the this opening, right? Yep, all three of you dwarves are at the top of the opening. But we can definitely tell there's a, like a skirmish. Oh, yeah. That's broken out. 
you definitely know that shit's going down inside. For example, uh, you just saw Morlinde launch a fireball and illuminate the interior cave. Briston's gonna try to get down there as quickly as possible. Can you like rapidly slide down the rope? You can do that. Uh, if you want to do it rapidly, you're able to jump, but you'll take 1d10 plus 2 damage if you fail the deck saving throw to roll out of it. Alright, yeah, he's gonna try to jump. Give me that deck save. Nope. Rolled a nine. <laughs> Briston lands with a thud and is going to take seven damage. Seven whole damage. Uh, Alaris, it's your turn. You just heard the loud thud of a body hitting the rock floor behind you. I am going to activate the blade song. Okay. Yes. I'm going to then say abla and ignite flame tongue. And I'm going to... Dance up to the nearest troglodyte. You're going to dance, are you? It looks like a dance, in a way, you know? If you gazed over at Alaris and saw him moving, he would be moving with such grace that it would look like a dance. I'm going to use Booming Blade. Uh, like 22 to hit. Nice. Absolutely. Please tell me what this looks like. 14 damage? Yeah, you annihilate this uh, troglodyte. Tell me how you kill him. This blur... Just move through the room. Basically out of nowhere, you just hear this, like, thunderclap. In the cave? You, you describe it as a thunderclap? In, like, in a cave? That's gonna be hella oh loud. Oh my god, yeah. It's, everybody, it's really loud. Um, everybody give me a d20 save against this. <laughs> Constitution saving throw, maybe? I just yeah. a net 20. <laughs> I'd like to point out, Joe, so because this is a con roll... I rolled 17, which means I rolled 18 and then subtracted one because my constitution is really low. <laughs> you have less yeah, than a 10? So mine is also low, and I rolled a 3. So <laughs> I got 3. Uh, Marlinda, you're definitely Great. Aurel rolled a, uh, a 4, so Aurel will also be deafened. That's going to be Troglodyte 3 turn, who's going to clamber over the body of its recently downed uh, companion and roll a 19 on the first attack against Allreal, who's still the first one in line. This is going to be a claw. Six damage on the second attack. We'll roll a 17. Uh, does that hit? A 17, yes. Three damage, and it's going to attempt a bite. That one's going to miss. Troglodyte 4 is, at this point, cannot reach Allreal to do damage, and so we'll just hang back and wait for a better opportunity. Uh, Herrick. Having seen Briston heroically launch himself into the fray, not to be had done by his brother is going to attempt to also jump down the hole. Uh, give me that save. It's another 9, Joe? 10 total damage on top of Briston. So wait, so wait, so... This is Herrick jumping down? Yeah. So Briston jumped down and did not succeed. It just, like, fell, right? Yeah, it just thudded. And then, so this is Herrick falling on top of Briston? Briston, it's your turn, my I friend. I want to imagine that, like, there's just a battle raging, and then you just see dwarves flying out of the sky. <laughs> like, like, comically in the background. Like, we're, like, in heated combat. Yeah. <laughs> like... Grimton, your turn. So having seen both of his dwarven brethren <coughs> try to heroically launch themselves into the fray, he's gonna Go on, yes. He's going to attempt to do the exact same thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a four joke. Hey Grimton, uh, tell me what this looks like. 
That's 12 damage on that deck save. So far, there's been fire and thunder emanating from below him. Grimton is not only concerned for what's happening, but, like, genuinely curious as to, like, what is happening. So he launches himself down there thinking, oh, Briston and Eric have done it. It's going to be fine. And this, you know, one round, it's happening within, like, a couple seconds of each other. And so as he's falling down, there's a brief moment where, like, he realizes what's about to happen. And he sees Carrick, like, <laughs> fall on top of Briss, and he goes, oh, okay. This this was bound to end badly. So now there's, like, a dwarf cuddle puddle over there <laughs> while the rest of us are in combat. Uh, like, fighting monsters? Yeah. So cute. Hey, friends, it's Joe. Glad you're with us enjoying episode 2.3 uh, the f- party's first tastes of the Underdark are bitter and angry. You can only imagine what that's going to foretell about the trials ahead. We've got two huge announcements for you today. One, you've heard at the top of the episode that uh, the Darkmore Podcast Network has officially gotten a website. We've published that. We're very excited about having a landing page for all of our shows and what that means for us going forward. Go check it out. That's darkmorepodcasts.com. Number two, remember those labeled regional maps that I've been talking about since pretty much the beginning of time? Well, they're finally here. You can see them on our website. One of those maps is centered on the events of Arc 1 and features relevant locations like East Italos, Havenmere, the Southern Redoubt, Rock of Visions, and Letras. And we've got another focusing on the Watch Force as a whole, uh, one with every city in the Pandominion, and one which will be of particular interest to you during Arc 2. As the story progresses, I encourage you to visit AdvantageDnd.com world and follow the quest using that map of her dearth locations. Shoutouts to our Patreon supporters for making this show possible and loving us enough to keep offering their financial support Special thank yous to our latest patrons, Pearson Bolt and Pete Vitao, who have joined us since last episode. They're wonderful guys. Our handle for social media is at AdvantageDnd. That's for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, everything. Our website, AdvantageDnd.com. Email is AdvantageDnd at Gmail. If you can, donate at Patreon.com slash AdvantageDnd. Uh, man, I can really see how people confuse the title of the show. The title of the show is Disadvantage. It's not Advantage d Forgive us. It's just a branding handle. Anyway, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Sharing the show with your pals is another easy way to help our community grow. All right, let's get back to combat. Aurel's turn. Oh, that's me. He's taking a bunch of damage. That's a lot of damage. Uh, the one in front of him is, is dead, though, right? Oh, but there's another one that came yeah, out. Yeah, the one that's immediately in front of him uh, has recently died, and another one is scrambling over and has taken an attack. Al's going to go ahead and take a shot at him with his kukri. Uh, the base roll was a 13. That'll hit. Yep. So let's roll with the first damage, and then I'll roll another attack, and then the second damage. <laughs> Two, Joe. <laughs> Bummer. I rolled okay. one, yeah. And then here's the second attack. 19, that'll hit. And then 
Much better. Six. Al kills the Stragodite. Nice. I'd like to imagine that after seeing the other one like so neatly destroyed, <laughs> um, that as this one is running up to it, it atta- the first one attacked him. So imagine that its arm is sort of across its body because it just succeeded at a like a downward scratch kind of motion. Taking advantage of its like slightly turned posture, Aureol comes in sideways to his head with his kukri. Both of them just like like stabs him through the skull, basically. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, it's it's pretty it. aggressive. Uh, and then and then Aureol is also going to back away safely. Um, to get a little more distance. That will leave Ulrich. You will be first in this line now. It is your turn. How far am I from the next troglodyte? Five feet. Okay, then I'm going to go ahead and pull out my sword. Sword? My sword. I have this mechanism, and I'm not sure if I can use it in conjunction with my hunter's mark or not. There's nothing that says I can't, but... I'm going to flavor it as if I can't. I'm flavoring it right now as if the Hunter's Mark is a bow thing and this next thing is a sword thing. It's it's called Hexblade's Curse, but it, it basically does the same thing as Hunter's Mark. It adds a d6 to my roll. Because this, this is a wicked looking sword. Like, this thing looks like it takes life from people. I guess swords do in general, but like, <laughs> this thing looks like it takes life from you at a distance. Unsheathing it... It has a sort of like, you know, the like sort of purple black essence that, that is typically like oh, yeah. necrotic. Yeah, like evil looking. Ooh. Imagine like at the just above the hilt on the blade, like a glyph that like glows with that same kind of like dark purple light. And then that creature, that same glyph appears on its chest. So like Ooh. glowing light, like it didn't like hurt it or anything, but like that one is mine. That's the arcane equivalent of like a sniper's red Yeah, <laughs> and so now, now I'm going to swing at it. Oh, <laughs> the base roll is a six, but hold on. I have things to add. 13. Yeah, that hits. Yes. D8 plus, it's going to be 14 damage. You down it in one blow. I'd like to imagine that I literally used the the sort of evil rune that appeared as a target and just stabbed through that mark on its chest. A certain amount of like necrotic looking energy kind of escapes it. It's like through its mouth and eyes and ears. It's like like a like a dark smoke kind of not like a lot, just like a little bit. The rest of you, this is your first time seeing something like this from Ulrich. Steven, would you like to share on a player level what exactly we've done here? This is the blade uh, that we borrowed from the um, <laughs> the library, I believe. Yes. It is a hex blade, so it's got some evil necrotic powers. And I am also multi-classing as oh. a, as a what is it, hex blade warrior or something? Hex blade warlock. Yep. Oh, And wow. so I have acquired a few spells that assist in that. Turn it a little bit to the dark side. <laughs> You'll see how that flavors out a little later. You're a warlock now. Yes, a level one Multi-class warlock. warlock. Yeah. Right, right. Mm. Interesting. I would also like to point out that, like, when when I make this attack, Ulrich's uh, expression and demeanor and just, like, overall, like, appearance just seem a little more aggressive for that moment. Yeah, that's on a side of Ulrich we're used to. That's going to be interesting. Orlando, it's your turn. 
All right, we got two uh, dudes left, right? Yes, ma'am. I'm going to try and shoot a fireball at the next one. Oh, hey, it's a 16 plus hit. Oh, yeah. 12. I do 12 damage. Again, I'm going to summon a small fireball just with one hand. A nasty burn mark on his face from a softball-sized burning ball. This troglodyte is just barely hanging on to life after that single hit. The fire lit up the cave, and Briston, whose turn it is, is struggling underneath two other dwarves. <laughs> so he's going to take this turn to to get out from under the pile, push his brother and Grimton by the ridge. You've gained some weight. Alaris, your turn. I'm going to use another booming blade. Um, he's sort of in his own world. I don't think Alaris probably even registered what happened with Ulrich. Probably didn't even see it. He's just kind of going through the motions. Um, <laughs> cheap flow state. That's gonna be 16. Is this against uh, the one that Morlinde just attacked and you're finishing them off? or The fresh. <laughs> Got it. Yep. Troglodyte 5. 17. 17 Ooh. total damage. Yeah. You- As I'm dancing, basically I just clean swept through one troglodyte with a clap of thunder and then did like a a spin and just clean cut through another one with another clap of thunder uh everybody down here including <laughs> oh, Eric yeah. and Briston, give me give me more constitution saving throws i rolled five joe so Briston yeah, is still deaf. deaf from the one before uh grimton 19 hurricane and grimton are fine if not annoyed the nearly dead troglodyte's turn, who's going to t- start to try to flee. Rolled a four for this attempted escape, so we'll see how that plays later. Uh, Herrick. Likewise, he's just trying to untangle himself from this dwarf puddle. Cute. Should I be rolling anything? or? <laughs> uh, and then it's your turn, Grimton. Yeah. Well, okay, Is wait, it... though. He should just be able yeah, to stand because the top. other two were... were like, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. You're I can just, just like, roll off. <laughs> roll off of the top of these two. Yeah, just take your movement and stand up. As I'm doing so, though, unsheath, I guess, my radiant sword. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I look straight down the tunnel towards the troglodytes and I go, Yield! To the light of justice. Give me a performance check. Hey, that was an 18. <laughs> the troglodyte, what was it, beholds the light of justice? Was that what the command <laughs> yields was? To it. He yields to the light. Yields, yes. He yields to the light, whatever that may look like, uh, and is going to turn around and begin to flee as well. I think Al's not going to attack. Like, Al's content to just not be in combat. I, on the other hand, normally Ulrich would stop there, but chooses instead to mark this one also as their <laughs> their Hexblade curse and is going to attack it. I, I, the base roll was a 16. I add a bunch of crap to that, so I'm going to just oh, yeah, go ahead and assume that that hits. So you had the opportunity to, like, shoot at this thing that's running away, but you chased it down? To attack it with your sword? Um, that'll be 14 damage, Joe. Tell me how you kill it. Yeah, so it's running away. And <laughs> I'm barely able to catch up because it's already weakened and it's running a little slower. And in that I am small, I can't really, like, get up to where I want to be. So I straight up run up behind it and then, like, dead leg it, like kick it in the back of the knees this so is... that it immediately falls and then swiftly decapitate it. This is a brutal, like, Assassin's Creed style. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Like, yeah. Dang. Like, I feel like we haven't seen this from you before. New year, new Auric. Um, 
And then there's like a moment where Ulrich is standing there, body tense still. And then they sigh like a big and they put the sword away and then aren't like horrified because like they were aware that whole time, but like step back a little bit like, whoa, what did I just do here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm vicariously tense about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, as a person in the room, um, what just happened? Like, what, what? That that doesn't make sense for what we know of Auric. Morlinde and uh, Alaris and Grimton, all of you give me uh, saving throws to get out of deafened early. Oh, yeah, I'm still deaf, actually. Uh, 17. I rolled an 18. I beat a I rolled a 16. Good. Well, this is uh, all real. That was uh, that was something. Who were those yeah. guys? Welcome to the Underdark. Yay. Here oh we go. Oh, my God. I do not like spirits. that we have literally stepped into the Underdark and are immediately being assaulted. This is not Yeah, good. we were. I literally just jumped in a hole, and then there were, like, what were those guys? I'm not rightly sure what they are. Briston says troglodytes. Oh, can you tell us more? Were they who who I heard speaking draconic? Uh, it's it's kind of a bastardization of draconic. Yeah, uh, you turn around and you see Briston wiping blood from uh, the Ormain battle axe. <laughs> where, where did you get? Where did you guys really you added a lot to that fight. Thanks, guys. They yielded to the light of justice. <laughs> did you not see? I, I saw. I didn't hear. Did you say something? I just saw your light turn on. It looks like the king that crawls isn't particularly happy that we're here. That, or it's just troglodytes being troglodytes. Who knows? Uh, they're always fighting about... Troglodytes are always fighting among themselves and are probably glad to have something else to gore for a second. Potentially ignorant question. Actually, a very ignorant question. Who is the king that crawls? Uh, well, Grimton? The king that crawls is a god, part of the pantheon. <clears throat> During the Dawn War, he was maimed by one of the primordials, by Gargash, and he was cursed to roam the Underdark forever. During the battle he was maimed, both his legs were taken from him by Gargash, thus the king that crawls. And so his journey through the Underdark is what has made what we are traveling through now. The King's Highway. Well, this is Herrick. Uh, he lights a torch and hands it to Aurel. I wouldn't say that we're in the King's Highway yet. We know two things for sure. And the first is that the King's Highway is going to be deeper than this. And the second is that water runs downhill, which means we should probably keep just following this creek until we reach a larger chamber. See, just, I just want to make sure I have all the information. So not only are there a host of creatures down here that will want to kill us for no other reason than we're here, but there is also a deific presence with no legs and a bad temper that might just happen upon us and be less than pleased at our company. Right, yeah, that's it. And we're going to go on his highway. You nailed it. Here we go!
three. I would just like to point no, out that really, Yessie and I clapped. Why would you want anything other than it either the twenty or something that's relatively <laughs> okay? Conical. Small. I know. Like I know the listeners can't see this, but look at my <laughs> D six. All of the corners are rounded. But they're yeah, so that's true. pretty Mine cornery. Too. How do the Where, corners look on maybe your like your D ten? Well, like, everything else is the, still really cornery and might pointy. Be doable. Yeah, like look at the points on my D ten. Like that's pointy and it hurts. Wait, I can't. I can't see it. Like the so points like, on my D ten are are, are oh, super yes. pointy. The the D six that I have is the only thing that is kind of rounded. Even the D twenty has a bunch of points on it and it's also huge. So if I was gonna take one of my <laughs> dice. It would be my D6, hands Sorry, down. That's the for the listeners, mine. if you were going to swallow one of your dice. I'd like to point out that this... Let me look at my basic this... chess X die, and let's, let's take a good look. I don't have a D4. Maybe a D12? But I feel like D4? the D12 is almost bigger than the D20. Like, they're, like, really. roughly the same size. But I feel like I feel the like D12 has less pointy... The D12 down. might be good. I Right now yeah. I'm looking at the D12 and thinking, that's pretty scrumptious. Yeah. I'd like, also rather yeah. take a D6 because it's smaller. I also feel like a D uh, D10 wouldn't do a lot of like hurt. Approximately like, one to ten damage, I'd say. Plus <laughs> 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 whatever modifiers you have, have or whatever. Yeah, depending on mods. <laughs> I feel like I definitely do a D12 or a D20. They're the most round. You know, where are all my D4s? Are there no D4s in this bag? I know. I ain't got a D4 neither. I don't know where I lost. I lost mine. You don't have. I have the D4 needed. I have legitimately like 10 sets of dice in this bag and I can't find a D4. Joe straight up was struggle. just like, for the listeners, would you rather swallow a D20 or a D4? <laughs> Wait, did you is that on the uh, the Discord? Nope. Put it on the Discord. It's just for us. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Put it on right. the Discord. <laughs> Do I want to put that to uh, patrons only or just general discussion? General uh, discussion. General- I think you should also tweet it. General discussion. Uh, should we tweet that? <laughs> yes, do a Twitter poll. This is the first time I've seen Steven's Critual in person in a while. And it's it's serious stuff. It's it, just, it got a little wet right there. Oh. I think Ooh, it can, got yeah. a little Wait, wet. Wait, what? kind of cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. Sometimes the Critual gets a little wet, I guess. At some point I'm going to remake it and it's going to be the baddest of ass. Like, it's going to be kind of scary. <laughs> the baddest of ass. We should do it on that. Is that parchment? You should do it on parchment. Maddie got like a calligraphy set. Mm. So I might get her to Fancy. make me one. Alright, let's play D&D, y'all. Yeah, let's yes. roll them bones. My critical should have sufficient charge for a good roll. Steven, do you get to choose when that good roll is invoked? Is that your deal with your, your patron? No, I have I absolutely like no power over that. That requires deeper, darker powers. Than my my control to. is too small for that. <laughs> I have to upgrade it. There's a whole skill tree. Does the extra supercharging require any human blood or just your blood? Well, that actually doesn't require like a would human. Like with Yessie's work? It doesn't require human blood. It's just more potent. Um, basically, the more powerful the creature that whose blood I soak it in, the more powerful the charge is. If you had a vial of uh, human blood and a vial of, uh, like, giant squid blood, which would be the more powerful creature? Clearly giant squid. But why? Humans have way more environmental global impact than a giant squid. How do you know that? Like, how many, like, giant squids have you interacted with? Uh, so that's fair. That's fair. All right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they're just, like, a transcendent race spanning, like, intergalactic space, and they just bivouac occasionally 
in deeper reaches of our oceans. I feel like if they made a significant environmental impact that is greater than that of humans, we would notice. Even if we didn't know who it came from, we'd be like, oh yeah, there's a huge dent coming from somewhere. Unless their effect is on a higher plane, and they are super intelligent beings, and we just can't oh, even comprehend what's like, even happening. Even, that makes sense. Little. If it's an environmental it's impact, it's like global warming, but it's ink themed and it's global inking. Oh, oh my god! I also think that they're so elevated that the whole point is that they don't make an impact. Like we're the idiots that do. Like this is an intergalactic species that, like I said, they just occasionally like chill in the oceans to like camp, basically. But in reality, <laughs> like they can travel through interdimensional and intertime space. Like all the giant squid in the ocean are probably just charging. This is like their rest stop. Yeah. And like in a hundred oh, years, no. they're all gonna ascend out of the through the sky. I'm gonna be like, what is happening right now? This is canon, and if we don't encounter a giant squid in the underdark, I'm gonna be really sad. <laughs> it won't be in the underdark. There are other places where the giant squid are more prevalent. For example, the darkest deep. You're going to cha-cha slide your way to the next troglodyte? Yessie, yeah, what damage does Flame Tongue do? It's a... <laughs> I think swords are just a D8, but it does 2D6 fire damage when it's ignited. That's a lot of damage. It's a whole lot of damage. <laughs> the Really, the only reason Grimton hasn't been using Flame Tongue is for flavor. Because <laughs> he, would, he would much rather use the Radiant Blade that, like, Burst forth from his grandfather's hilt. Yeah, but how much damage does that roll? Just one, out of curiosity. A, a, a D8? Like... D8 plus one, one D6 radiant damage. Oh, okay. So, like, Flame Tongue is a stronger sword, but yes, he it is true to the story. It is strictly better. However. Bernie Ball. Oh. That one fell. Oh. He's gonna... Try it again? Depends on what it lands on. You can't just you can't just use accidental failed rolls as yeah, I'll that. an That's opportunity 15, for Joe. advantage. It was a fifteen. <laughs> like, oh no, I dropped my dice. I guess I'll no, have to roll, roll again. again. Sec- take this second one. Oh my gosh. Hey, that was an eighteen. <laughs> well, I'm glad it worked out for you. I wish my lesson had turned out okay. <laughs> I tried to have a teaching moment and then what did we do? We didn't prove a point. Yep. What a good name for a band. Nearly Dead Troglodyte. Yeah. I'm saving that one. <gasps> the kitty is stepping on the screen! Oh my god, it's so cute! Gargash. Is, is that the sound of the primordials? That was, that was the morning song of of, of the king who crawls. Of the king, yeah.